Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of Fresh Fruit. We're so glad you're here. Napier and we've been going to Rolling Hills for two years. We moved here from Houston, Texas. Uh, Mark Napier. We had visited Rolling Hills because of our kids that live here and serve here uh, for probably six, seven years. What does goodness mean to us? I feel like it's doing for others because you want to, not because you have to. Just do it out of the goodness of your heart. To me, it's a reflection. It's a reflection of how we live our life, helping people grow, go grow closer to God in their daily walk and allowing them to see Christ in us. When we do something for others, we don't expect anything back. And for us to do that to other people that's done things for us, that's important. And people, people need that today. Well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome to everybody here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. So grateful we could come and worship our great God together. And welcome back to this series. Man, I love this series, Fresh Fruit. And we're talking about how do we live out the Christian life? What is God doing in us? And how does that come out in our daily lives? And how does it impact all of our relationships? And how are we growing spiritually? And I love this, right? We said that you can identify a fruit tree by its fruit, right? You can see it's an apple tree because of apples. You can see it's an orange tree because of oranges. But for a Christian, how do you identify? And somebody may say, well, I go to church every now and then. That's great. You know, I grew up going to church, but I don't, you know, no. Is it the fruit of the Spirit, right? What's coming out of you? And so we see that in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, it tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and here's the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, we're going to get to goodness today, right? Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so these are the things that ought to be in our life. And, and look at this. It says fruit, singular, right? It's not fruits like I pick and choose, like I like that fruit, joy, but patience, uh-uh. You know, I'm not good at that one. So I don't, uh, self no, you know. So we don't just go through and pick. All of these things ought to be coming out of our life. All of these ought to be growing in us. We ought to be maturing in our life and in our journey. And we said the fruit needs to be fresh, right? There's nothing worse than rotten fruit, man. You're eating a banana and you get to that spot, that dark spot, you're like, ah, you know, or the rotten apple ruins the whole bushel. In our lives sometimes, maybe, we, hey, I was growing in this area, but now I'm not. You know, well, hey, it needs to be fresh in all of our lives. So we've talked about this. We talked about love. We're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've talked about joy. 
right? That we ought to enjoy life. The chief aim of man is to bring glory to God and enjoy him forever. We've talked about peace. That God wants us to have peace in the middle of this world of chaos, everything around us. But yet God wants us to have a peace that passes understanding. And patience. Man, are you growing in your patience in traffic, right? Are you growing in your patience with your kids? Are you growing in your patience at work, you know, putting others before us? Man, it's okay. Let other people get ahead. I can serve them. I can love them. Kindness. Pastor Jacob did a great job last week talking about kindness in our lives. And doesn't the world need kindness today? Wow. You know, especially on social media, right? But we're called to be kind. And then today, goodness. Goodness. Now for us to live that out in our lives. So what are we talking about goodness? Well, we're going to break that down today. So if you've got a worship guide with you or if you've got the Rolling Hills app, if you want to pull that up and you can have a place to take some notes, to write some things down. In fact, I encourage you, if you don't have the Rolling Hills app, I encourage you, just take a moment, pull out your phone, go ahead and download that app because that gives you opportunities to sign up for Bible studies, place to take notes, place to know what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills. But we're going to be talking about this. But here's a famous theologian, John Stott, and he kind of gathered this fruit of the Spirit into three groups. In the first group, he said, love, joy, and peace are our attitude toward God. And it's so true, right? Love the Lord your God, right? Joy comes from the Lord. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on Christ, you know? Then the peace that passes understanding. Then the next three, he talked about this. Patience, kindness, and goodness are attitude toward others. And that's so true, right? We see that in our lives, man. Are we patient with people? Are we kind to people? Are we good in our lives. And then the next three, we'll talk about faithfulness next week, the next three, and our attitude toward us. Man, I'm gonna be a faithful person. I'm gonna be gentle. I'm gonna have self-control in my life. And so I love this series. Man, I love, I love seeing the banners, the signs, and the parking lot. I love the reminders of the screensavers because all these are how we are to grow in our relationship with the Lord. Now, last week we talked about kindness. And there's a difference between kindness and goodness because you're kind of reading, you're like, Kindness, goodness, how do I separate those, right? But there's a difference. Even though the Bible says like taste and see that the Lord is good, can be translated taste and see that the Lord is kind. And so you see a lot of those similarities. But kindness is really the outward. What am I doing for people? How am I being kind? What's going on out there? And the goodness we're going to see today is the inward. Inside of you, the character, the integrity. Now, it manifests itself in being good to others. And we'll talk about that. But I want you to see this, that, hey, as we kindness outside the goodness on the inside. You know, growing up, the big movies when I was growing up were Star Wars, right? When Star Wars came out, it was like, you know, all, I mean, all this. And I was back with the best ones, right? Four, five, and six, okay? So when I was a kid, it was like, man, Star Wars, and people had these action figures. And, but, you know, the thing about Star Wars is you feel this tension, right? You know, you've got the personification of evil. you got Darth Vader, right? I am your father, Luke. You know, it's like, oh, you know, he's evil, right? And so, you know, even as I, as, you know, growing up and being a teenager, you're like, oh, man, look at that evil over there. And then you had the good guys, right? You had Luke and Princess Leia and Han Solo. And, and what's interesting, right, you, you watch this whole tension play out. You could feel it like, Luke, don't go to the dark side. You know, you, know, you can feel him being drawn over there. And, and he's like, I know he's your father. But, and what's interesting is that whole Star Wars theme, right, just really manifests really this epic struggle that we face in our world. And they capitalized on that because we all feel this tension between good versus evil. 
And so now every generation gets Star Wars, right? Then they come out in one, two, and three, which wasn't as good. But, you know, a whole generation like, comes up like, oh, yeah. And then the seven, eight, and nine, and like, oh, Ray, don't go to the dark side, right? You got this tension there. Now, you know, it's on Disney Plus, and a whole new generation is kind of raising up with these spinoffs. And, but, but why? Because we all know. We all feel it. There is a spiritual battle out there. There's a spiritual battle between good versus evil. There's a God who is good and gracious and kind, and there is an enemy who wants to destroy us. Even Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Satan does. Satan knows he can't get to God, so he goes after God's kids, right? And he comes to steal our joy. He comes to destroy our lives, right? And to destroy our relationships. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. I want you to have a good life. I want you to thrive in your life. And so we know that. We feel that. And whether it's Star Wars or whether it's Westerns, you got good guys, bad guys, there's everything in our society shows us that this is the tension that we all face and we all feel it. And so how do we live in that? Now, here's the thing, the tricky part, right? The world does not say evil, but it tries to dilute genuine goodness. You know, we've talked about this, right? It, with love, the world doesn't, you know, say we all want real love, we all want real love, but the world will come in, Satan will come in and say lust, Right, you know, I know you want love, but you know what? That takes so long developing those relationships. Yeah, just lust. You must have it now, right now. Satisfy yourself. It's all about you versus somebody else. And in the same way, right, the world doesn't come in and say evil. You know, temptation for most of us is not like, hey, I'm gonna go worship Satan. Right? You know, it's like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I mean, like, come on, I'm not. You know, come on, no way, right? But here's what the world tries to do. It tries to dilute. Genuine goodness. And it does it by saying the world says goodness is no fun. You ever heard that, right? Oh, come on. Just have a little fun. Just be bad for a little bit. You know, YOLO, right? You only live once. You know, come on, right? You only die too. Yeah, it's like, come on, right? You know, we have this. And so you're sitting there, you hear this little voice. Come on, you'll be cool. You'll be popular, right? You know, it's, it's not just when you're in elementary school or middle school or high school, you deal with the peer pressure, even as you get older. You're at work parties, you're at different places, you're in Vegas, right? And you got this, hey, you'll be cool, you'll be popular. Like, that's your goal, right? Oh, that's my goal, I wanna be, you know, no. No, but man, there's the world and it's calling out and these temptations are there and it's saying, oh, but this is so much more fun. But is it really, right? When you wake up the next day, is it really? And God's going, trust me, I created you. I created the world, God says, right? I know how you thrive. I know how you'll be and how you'll succeed. Trust me. And yet the world comes at us. Come on, you'll be cool, you'll be popular. But we see that in this world, we need some rules. We need some guidelines for how to live. You know, the Titans play tomorrow night. What do the Titans and the Bills get together and they go, you know what, we're tired of these rules. We're just gonna do whatever we want to. Let's just do whatever we want to, right? You know, it doesn't matter. What's gonna happen? Complete chaos, right? They'll be beating each other. It'll be total violence. It'll be a breakdown. And it's kind of the world, right? That is. But that's what the world says. Hold on, hold on. Goodness is no fun. And God goes, oh, no, it's fun. The world also says goodness will not get you anywhere. You know, oh, good guys finish last. That's what the world says. Oh, come on. You're not going to get anywhere being good. And then you go, well, wait a minute. I kind of look around and I see all the headlines and whether it's a politician or whether it's a teacher or a military leader, even pastors, 
right? That temptation comes and you give in and all of a sudden, man, it's like going this slippery slope. But every one of us, man, we want people good in our lives. And yet the world's gonna say, oh, come on, you're gonna finish last. And no, you don't. People destroy their careers over sin. People destroy their careers and their lives. And you look at that and whether it's, man, an affair or whether it's abusing alcohol or whether it's this anger and these words and all of a sudden you just watch people's lives go off the rails and you're going, oh, stop, stop, right? Here's the fact, here's the fact. And we may think, oh man, that's never gonna happen to me. You know, hold on, time out, time out, time out. That's why God says guard your mind, guard your heart. (laughs) Because we're all one dumb decision away from ruining our lives. I mean, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest. We're all one dumb decision away. That's why we need God's power and God's spirit and go, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I want to have a great life. I mean, don't you want to have a, a good dad? Don't you want to be a good dad? You don't want to be a bad dad. Nobody wants that. But, but in our lives, you see this drift. And, and don't you want to have a good boss? Don't you want to be a good boss? Don't you want to be a good leader? Don't you want to be a great mom? Don't you want to run the race and, man, have a great marriage and thrive? Don't you want to do what God's called you to do? And yet the world is over here, like, trying to draw you away, and you're going, hold on, hold on. Actually, good guys finish pretty well, okay? You know, if you start to look at it, you go, man, the people in my life that I admire, that I respect, those were people who were really pretty good. They were pretty, they weren't perfect. They made some mistakes, but, man, they had character. They had integrity. Here's what also the world will say. The world will say goodness is relative, <laughs> You're good enough. I mean, come on. You're good most of the time, right? You know, I mean, compared to Hitler, you're like really good. You're like, like, thanks for the standard there. You know, it's like, okay, right? But our standard's not Hitler, right? Our standard's not the lowest common denominator. Our standard's God. God says, be holy because I'm holy. You trust me. You follow me. You have this heart because I've got this incredible life planned for you. I want you to prosper. I want you to succeed. I want you to have life and have it to the full. Just trust me. And that's where life comes alive. We stop listening to the world and we start listening and following Jesus. Hey, if you have a Bible with you, I want to invite you just to open with me to the book of Ephesians. Man, this is so good. Ephesians, middle kind of New Testament. You got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians right there in that middle section. If you have the Rolling Hills app, you can find the scriptures on there as well. But we're going to be Ephesians chapter 5. You know, last week we ended with that kindness in verse 32 of chapter 4. Be kind and compassionate to one another, you know, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And then he picks up in chapter 5, and in verse 1, he says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. He's like, you walk in the way of love. You follow God, not the way of the world. And then he sets up this tension, right? He says, but among you, there must not be even a hint, not even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed. Because these things are not proper for God's holy people. Right? There's the evil side, there's the good side. You know, these aren't proper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity. You know, we call them bad words, right? They're not good words. We know it, too. When we say it, we're like, oh, I should have said that. You know, it comes out, and you're like, oh, stop. You feel that tension. You feel that conviction right there. 
No obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. You ever been around and somebody's telling a, a joke and you're like, ah, oh, I shouldn't laugh at this, right? There's tension there. You feel that. This isn't good, which is out of place. But rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, nor immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance to the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. God's wrath, right? The, the power of God. Therefore, therefore, do not be partners with them. And now he sets it up. Here's the contrast. For you were once darkness before you accepted Christ. You ran after those things of the world. You thought that was, you were going to be cool. You thought you were going to be popular, right? You ran after all that. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all, there it is, goodness. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Make that your aim. Not to please the world, but to please the Lord. To follow after the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds, right? We're talking about fresh fruit. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds that get you nowhere in life of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. You know, when people sin, right, it's always, hey, turn off the lights, you know, be in the cover of darkness or it's in secret. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Never does, but it's somehow that's the lie that the world will tell you. Do it in secret. Nobody will know, but it's going to come out in your life. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Guys, we live in evil days. God created the world and it was perfect. I mean, God made the Garden of Eden and it was fantastic. All those trees, all those animals. I mean, it was just awesome. Adam and Eve in right relationship with God, right relationship with one another, and everything was great for two chapters, right? Then Genesis 3, and they sinned. God, we don't want to do it your way. And you're thinking, they were spending time with God. I mean, the temptation is there. And they take off and they go, and sin comes in the world, and the evil comes into the world. Man, it's just heartbreaking to see the evil in our day. You know, you just read or listen to the news, and you're just like, whoa, wow. I mean, last week, right? commemorated 9-11. You're just thinking the evil that's out there. But in this world of evil, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Right? When you're filled with the Spirit, what comes out? The fruit of the Spirit. So be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that you and I live a life of worship. You and I live a life that pleases God. So in the middle of this world, right, that beckons us to evil, in the middle of this world with temptations to draw us away from God, here's what God says in this world of evil. God calls us to goodness. God says, you be good. You be people of grace. You be people of goodness. God's goodness calls us to obedience. Obedience. That's why God says, be holy because I'm holy. Uh, follow me. Now, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. And there's God's grace and there's God's redemption. Praise be to God. There's forgiveness 
in the grace of God. But, but what if we could say, you know what, God, I'm gonna strive to know you. I'm gonna strive to live for you. I'm gonna strive to follow your word. I wanna be obedient. Follow God's example, not the world's example. As dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Look at this. The goodness of God is found in his holiness. Now the word holy literally means to be set apart. The word holy means to be different. And so as Christ followers, we, we ought to be different than the world. You know, our goal is not to have everything the world has or to look exactly like the world. Our goal is to look like Jesus. And so we have to look and evaluate our lives. Am I looking more like the world or am I looking more like Christ? All right, now not that I'm perfect, but am I striving to know him? And here's how God does that in our lives, right? When you become a Christ follower, God places his Holy Spirit in you. The same Holy Spirit that brings the fruit of the Spirit. Now the role of the Holy Spirit is three things, right? The Holy Spirit guides us. So when you have decisions to make in your life and you pray and you pray and pray and you feel this urging, this leaning toward one, you're like, okay, I think that's where God's calling me to go with this job or in this relationship or whatever it is. You know the, the Holy Spirit guides you. The second thing, the Holy Spirit comforts you. And that's beautiful. I mean, the times that are hard and, and times when people pass from this life, that, you know, there's comfort, the comfort of the Spirit that brings his peace and his comfort with you. But the third thing the Holy Spirit does is convict us. Right? The Holy Spirit convicts us. That's why when you're sitting there listening to that joke and you're going, oh, I'm not stepping into this one, right? You know, because there's a conviction. There's this tension. Or when somebody offers you something, you're like, ah, don't know. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know, you think about it, right? We had those cartoons where you had the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. And, and you kind of feel like that sometimes, right? You're like, oh, the devil's going, come on, everybody's doing it. You know, you're like, oh, and the angel's like, stop, stop, stop. But will you listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit? What we can do is we can quench the Spirit, right? And that's what happens. You know, after a while, you know, maybe, maybe pornography's got a hold of you. And before, you'd pick up the phone, and at night, all the lights are off, and everybody's asleep, and you think nobody knows, and you start to go through there. And before, you'd feel bad. You'd feel terrible, and you'd be like, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. And then after a while, you know, you just keep going and the Holy Spirit's convicting. You're like, I don't care. You know, I just keep going, keep going. That's getting in your mind. It's getting in your mind, right? And it's eroding our capacity for intimacy. And it's impacting your marriage or your future marriage. And at some point, you got to go, no, I need help. I got to stop. I got to stop this because it's going to wreck my marriage. It's going to wreck my life. I can't. And the Holy Spirit is speaking. But will you listen? There's this call to obedience. It's not that God doesn't want you to have fun. God wants you to have a great marriage. God wants you to thrive in your daily life. God wants you to thrive in right relationships. God doesn't want you to settle for that junk that the world brings. But there's this call in our lives to holiness. Look at this. Our motives matter. Why we do what we do matters. And sometimes we can do good things, but it's really, you know, for me. <laughs> it's really that I'm seen. There was a, a guy called a rich young ruler. This guy was wealthy. When Jesus was teaching one time, this guy comes running up to Jesus and he says, oh, Jesus, 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 good teacher, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And this guy had all the money, right? But somehow that money wasn't saving him. Somehow that money wasn't satisfying him. And so he comes and he says, good teacher. And Jesus goes, why do you call me good? The only one who's truly good is God. Do you recognize who I am? He goes, oh, but I want eternal life, right? He's like, well, keep the commandments. And, and this rich guy goes, well, I've been keeping all the commandments. 
I've been trying to do, and I think Jesus looked at his heart and goes, yeah, have you really? I know what's going on in the inside. I know what's going on. And you can put this veneer up that everything is perfect, but, but let's be real. And so Jesus goes, why don't you just go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me? Only time where he said that to somebody. But what he saw was that money had become this guy's God. And if he truly recognized that Jesus is God, then it'd be like, hey, I'm gonna follow you. I mean, I'm gonna trust that God can take care of my needs, right? I'm gonna trust that God's gonna, I'm gonna trust God. Yes, I'll go, but no, what does it say? The guy walks away sad because he couldn't do it. And I think in our lives, we have to go, okay, am I living for the goodness of God because I wanna have that relationship with God? I wanna make a difference in the world. I wanna please the Lord. Or is it really for me? I've got to grow in my life the character and the integrity that I can be a blessing to others and I can live at peace with God and I can live to please him. There's a guy named Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones was a golfer, okay? And he was playing in the U.S. Open. So I know U.S. Open tennis, but it was a golf tournament back 1925, the U.S. Open golf tournament. And Bobby Jones was a really good golfer, okay? He was also a strong believer, his dad was faithful at church. He had a great dad. He had a great granddad who was faithful at church. I mean, they never missed. And so they gave him a spiritual foundation. And Bobby Jones is playing. Last round, he comes up. He addresses the ball, getting ready to hit. And then he goes, wait, the ball moved. Uh, that's a shot penalty on me. Everybody's like, what? You're kidding. Nobody saw the ball move, right? They didn't have high-definition cameras back then, you know. They're like, nobody saw it, man. It's just good, go, hit the, you know, you're doing great, no. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's a penalty shot on me. Bobby Jones lost the 1925 US Open by one shot, one shot. Now today's money, that would be millions of dollars right there. But somebody said to him afterwards, wow, that was amazing, you know, your character, your integrity. And he says, you know what? You don't compliment a person for not robbing a bank, right? I mean, that's what you do. That's who you are. That's your character. See, character is who you are when no one's watching. That, that really gets to the core. Who you are when nobody's watching, nobody's seeing. But who am I really? Now, Bobby Jones wasn't a person, a good guy who finished last, okay? He was probably one of the most well-known golfers ever, totally successful, all these things. But he had this character, this integrity that I pray for all of us. So when you're at the store and they give you too much change back and you go, you know what, my character, my integrity is not worth two bucks. Go ahead, you gave me too much, here you go. And they're looking at you like, what? Just keep it, no, 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 you gave me too much, I can't do it. You know, there comes out of us because I want to live a life that pleases God. Look at this, God's goodness calls us to action, right? What's in you is gonna come out of you. And so we're called to be dispensers of God's goodness. For you were once darkness before you knew Christ, <laughs> But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light in the Lord. Live as children of light for the light that consists in all goodness, righteousness, truth, and find out what pleases God. What pleases the Lord is when you do what you were created to do. Guys, when you do what you were created to do, man, it thrives. You get so much joy and so much passion. Don't you just love it? 
When you go, man, I was created to be a mom, you know, I just, just love it, you know, or I was created to do this as an architect, you know, I was created to build things, I was created to be this dad, I was created, right, to be a person who blesses people, I was created to serve in ministry, I was created to teach kids, I was, you just start to thrive, you see that, and you just well up with joy because you're going, wow, and then you start dispensing God's goodness. You know, because God's goodness is you and you're dispensing it. You're seeing that because you're living that out. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. You were created to make a difference. You think about this world of evil. Where does the good come from? God and his people. The good comes from you and I living out, created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. There is a reason that you were born at this time in history. There is a reason that you were born in the family you're in. To make a difference. To bring goodness. To bring hope. To bring love. To bring grace. That is your call. That is your mission. So go do good. Psalm 34, right? Flee from evil and do good. Make a difference. Make an impact. Use whatever time you have, whatever resources you have to do good. At Rolling Hills, we say, hey, go do good. We say it all the time. We say, do good local. You know, do the things, whether it's Path Project or 413 or Shower Up, all these incredible ministries that we get to help and sponsor and Grace Works and do good, but also do missions. That's why we go to Moldova and take care of orphans. That's why we go to the Amazon and see God work in villages throughout the Amazon region and people hearing about the goodness of God. And I just encourage you, if you've never been on a mission trip, you know, in your planning in the next, you know, year, two years, three years, go. We took our, our kids and, man, just to watch our kids all of a sudden go, wow, there's a whole different world out there, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, but you can make a difference. You can step into that. God wants to use you there. You know, Jesus was teaching one time and he told this story. He said there was a good Samaritan. That's what he called him. Yeah, they're the good Samaritan, right? And he said there was a man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell into the hands of robbers and these guys beat him up and they left him on the side of the road. And Jesus goes, but then a priest came by. And you're thinking, oh good, the priest, he's gonna come, he's gonna help the guy. But the priest walked around the guy. And we don't know if the priest was late for a meeting. We don't know if the priest just, you know, didn't wanna get involved, but he, he just went on. And the people are like, what? The priest, that's what you're supposed to do. Good, right? You know, but then the Levite comes by, Jesus says. And the Levite was somebody who volunteered at the temple. They would volunteer at the church. They were active. They were involved. And it says that they walked around him. Jesus goes, he didn't help. I don't know if the Levite thought, well, you know, if I help, maybe it's a trap. They're going to get me, but I'm just going to stay away. And he walks on. And Jesus goes, then a Samaritan comes. And the crowd back then, the Jews hated the Samaritans. They're like, oh, the bad guy, he's gonna come and beat him up even more. No, Jesus goes, he comes and he picks the guy up. He bandages his wounds. He puts him on his own donkey. He takes him to an inn and he says to the innkeeper, hey, if this guy has any expenses, I'll pay for it. I just wanna be sure he's okay. And Jesus goes, which one of these was a neighbor to the man? They go, that guy. He goes, yeah, you go and do likewise. That's our call. You see a need, you meet it. Why? Out of the goodness of your heart, out of the grace that God is working in you. Here's what John Wesley said. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. 
This is great. So you just wake up every day and go, okay, God, how do you want to use me today? God, I'm your servant. I'm your ambassador. God, what do you want to do to me today? How can I bless my family? How can I bless the people at work? How can I bless the people at school? How can I encourage my roommates? How can I be a ministry in the middle of my community? God, I'm here to do good. And then look at this. God's goodness calls us to Christ. God's goodness calls us to Christ. You see, we can't be good on our own. And God knows that. And so the gospel, gospel literally means good news. The gospel is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in the darkness, while we were in total depravity, while we were messed up, God comes and sends his son for us. That's the good news. That Jesus paid the price. And when you become a Christ follower, when God looks at you, he doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your mess ups. He doesn't see your failures. He looks and he sees the goodness of his son in you. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are made new. Praise God. Man, look at God's goodness to us in Christ. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Hey, ultimate goodness is found in Christ alone. And so when you and I, you know, we try to do it on our own, but we always got to come back to God's word. We always got to be in church and in community. We need to be in Bible study because it's allowing Christ to work through us. See, that's the difference. It's not the outside in, it's the inward out. And when I've been redeemed, when I've been changed, then I can offer goodness to others. It says in Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, it says, a good man brings good things out of good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. And the words is this, Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> Jesus, and I carry confession. You are my Lord. And then God, as you work in me, it flows through me. Ultimate goodness in Christ. So allow Christ to come alive in you. Allow Christ Jesus to come alive in you. Be filled with the goodness. Be filled with the grace. Be filled with the joy. And then just allow God to live it out through you. Uh, you know, as a pastor, I do a lot of um, funerals. And it's hard, right? But at that time, right, you can see when people have walked with the Lord, when people have had this great relationship with God, I mean, there is this hardship when you pass from this life to the next. But there's also this time you go, wow, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for their life. And here's the thing, right? We can't take any of the money with us. Doesn't matter how much money you have. I don't care if you're the richest person in the world or poorest person in the world. We're all on equal terms right there when death knocks on the door, and it will. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter how much, you know, stuff you've amassed. <laughs> but what does matter is your relationship with God through Jesus. And what does matter is your character and your integrity. And what's amazing at those times is to sit there and to listen to people talk and go, wow, she was a great mom. I just want to tell you stories about how she impacted me. Oh man, my dad, he was so good. Oh, he was so kind. You know what, my friend, man, they were a good friend. I went through this hardship and they showed up. Everybody else just seemed like walked out, but man, they walked in. They were a good friend. Can people say that about us? Can people say that about us? Not that we're perfect, but man, we're striving to know Jesus. We're striving to be who God created us to be. We're striving to love and offer grace. That's our call. 
And guys, I wanna tell you this. I, I've read to the end of the book here and good wins. I mean, there can be all kinds of tension out there. There can be all kinds of temptations that come, but I wanna tell you, God wins. We're on the winning side. We don't have to live defeated lives. We don't have to live as cowards. We can live bold. We can offer grace. We can be good because God wins. And the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same God who is with you. The same power that is with you to live this life for his name and for his glory. So listen, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your heart and your life. But I wanna challenge you two ways. One, I wanna challenge you today, if Satan is starting to get a foothold in any area, stop. Man, I love you too much. Hey, listen, stop. I care about you. If in your mind there, there's a place where he's starting to get a, a hold and maybe it's an affair, maybe it's a thought physically or emotionally, maybe there's anger in your life and there's rage and it's just coming out. Maybe, maybe, maybe in your life, you know, alcohol's got a hold on you and you think, man, it doesn't. And all the people around you are saying it does. It's taking you down and you're like been fighting. Stop. Maybe it's pornography, I don't know what it is, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit is here for a reason, because God loves you that much. And God's calling you to listen. So maybe today, maybe today it's like, hey, I wanna confess, I wanna repent. After the service, I'll be here, there'll be people on our staff, our pastoral care team, man, you can go in the chat room. We've got a counselor on our staff. Hey, just talk about it. We all have struggles, we all face battles. Be real. The second thing I wanna challenge you today is this, Think about the goodness of God in your own life. Think about how good God is to you. That God wouldn't even spare his own son, but gave his son for you so that you could live this life fully. And then God put around you, he's given you, he's given you money, he's given you a house, a car, he's given you family, he's given you friends, he's given you opportunities. And just say, God, for the rest of my days, I wanna live it for you. God, I just want to rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. I just want to move past all the temptations. I want to live for you, God. I want to live a life that pleases you because God, I'm yours. Fully, wholly, completely yours. So God, meet me in this moment, God, as I dedicate my life to you. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Number one, is there an area in your life where Satan's coming along and man, you can feel that tension. You can feel that temptation. Be honest. And right now, confess it. Say, God, I give it to you. I don't want to give in. And maybe two right now, you just say, God, thank you. Thank you that you love me so much that you've given me your spirit. Thank you that you love me so much you've given your son. Thank you, God, the opportunity I have to live this life fully for you. So God, live through me, love through me. Use me, God, to do good for your name and for your glory. Oh, Father, here we are, your disciples. And we gather in this place, Father, in a world of evil out there, in a world of temptation, God, we come to dedicate our lives to you. We come to focus on you and your goodness and to say you are our God and we're gonna follow you. Thank you, God, that you win. 
that ultimately Jesus, you will come back and say enough pain, enough suffering, enough sorrow, and you'll take us home to be with you forever. But until then, oh God, find us good and faithful. Find us trusting and following. Find us people living out your goodness in our day and our time. And it's in the beautiful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.